Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone and welcome to a special mini edition of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm Chad Dotson. It's just me this week, here with a uh, kind of a special episode for a few reasons. Number one, uh, i got some things I want to talk about. Isn't that enough? This is my podcast. I can do an episode when I want to, right? The other thing is that our earlier episode this week, we dropped it early this week because of the uh, Mike Moustakas signing, and that's all still relevant. I think Jason Linden and I did a really good job, if I do say so myself, uh, breaking down the free agent signing of Mike Moustakas, how he fits in the Reds, and what it means going forward. I would encourage you to go listen to that. And uh, I think I still stand behind everything that I said on that podcast. I can't speak for Jason. I'm surprised that he ever stands by anything he says on the podcast, but that's one reason I wanted to go ahead and uh, and do a new podcast this week. Uh, the second reason, really, is that there's a lot going on, a lot to talk about still. Reds Fest is happening now. The winter meetings are getting ready to start, and I didn't want to wait until next. Uh, and we usually drop on Fridays. I didn't want to wait all the way until the end of next week to uh, to do another podcast. So it's just me today. Going to talk about a few things, get out pretty quickly, but a little uh, little something for you all to listen to in the meantime. The third reason why I wanted to go ahead and do a uh, quick podcast here over the weekend is that I got a new microphone and I want to test it out. It's as simple as that. Is, is that so wrong? So Reds Fest is going on. I, I was unable to make it to Reds Fest this year. We tried to work it out so that Chris Garber and I could sign some books again this year. Hopefully we're going to have that uh, the ability to do that next year at Reds Fest. We had a great time signing books, meeting people. You know the book, The Big 50. The men and moments that made the Cincinnati Reds. You can purchase the book there at Reds Fest if you're if you're going. Uh, I presume that all of you already have the book, but maybe you know it's Christmas. It's a good time to get gifts for friends and family. Uh, it's, it's for sale at the uh, Reds Hall of Fame booth there at uh, Reds Fest. If you're there, go buy it. Uh, but more so, go enjoy the festivities. Uh, eager to hear how uh, what kind of a time all of you had at Reds Fest. Always a good time because you're amongst people who are you know we're all a little bit a little bit crazy. Uh, we follow this team entirely too closely. You people listen to podcasts about this team. It's crazy. The only thing crazier than that is actually uh, sitting in a tiny room at my house and uh, that I have set up as a little makeshift studio and talking about this uh, team that's been uh, pretty much garbage for a long time. But I don't know, I'm pretty optimistic on an upswing. So the Mike Mustaka signing was earlier this week. He had his introductory press conference. Took the Reds forever to actually announce the signing. And that's kind of the way the Reds do. They, they wait until all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed. But they finally had the uh, introductory press conference with Mike Moustakas. You can go to redlegnation.com, watch the actual video of the press conference. And it was, you know, it was kind of a garden variety press conference, except for the fact that there on the stage was a free agent who had signed his name to a the biggest free agent contract in, uh, in Reds franchise history. Uh, Mike Moustakas, he talked a little bit about playing second base and, you know, just about what it meant to be with the Reds. And it was all kind of, like I say, garden variety. It was, there was no real news made there. I did like uh, what he said about, uh, you know, again, he's just coming to Cincinnati. He wants to make the best impression he can. This is maybe cliche, but I did love hearing what he said. I'll, I'll just read you the quote. The reason I picked this team, he's talking about the Reds, the free agent picked the Reds. The reason I picked this team was being on the other side. Playing in Milwaukee, I was able to see what these guys had, what they were bringing to the field every single day. 
the love and passion they played with. The pitching staff was incredible. The lineup was incredible. Side note, uh, come on, Moustakas. And I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to make the team a little better, help get to the postseason, which is why we all play the game. I was talking with David Bell earlier. The most addictive thing ever is postseason baseball, and I can't wait to get back there. So, hey, look, you're speaking my language, Mike Moustakas. All we want is for you to be able to play in the postseason again, at least in the next four years. So, you know, bring it on. It was good. Go watch the go watch the press conference. He's uh he seems like a, a nice guy. I don't know. We know he's a pretty good player. Look forward to seeing him. Uh, he had his jersey on. He's wearing number nine. The uh, number of the immortal Juan Castro. I'll go back to Joe Oliver. Uh, catcher Joe Oliver is uh, maybe my favorite number nine in Reds history. But he was wearing the jersey that day. Look forward to seeing him wearing the entire uniform. The biggest news to me, because I'm trying to you know create news here. I'm trying to make myself part of the story. I guess. Trying to speak it into existence, as they say, is that sitting next to Mike Mustakas on the stage there at the press conference, his agent, a guy who goes by the name of Scott Boris. You ever heard of him? Yeah, he represents a lot of baseball players. Hard-nosed negotiator uh, he's, is his reputation. Scott Boris also represents Anthony Rendon, Steven Strasburg. I don't know, you know. He, he represents a lot of people. He could have been anywhere. He could have been in San Diego getting ready for the uh, winter meetings. That began this weekend. But he was in Cincinnati on the same stage as Dick Williams, uh, Reds manager David Bell, and his client Mike Moustakas. Now, why would Scott Boris have to come all the way to Cincinnati for this uh, this press conference? Okay, I'm, I'm speculating clearly. But uh, if you want to believe that Scott Boris was in Cincinnati to negotiate a, uh, a deal to bring Anthony Rendon to Cincinnati as well... Hey, bring it on. Bring it on. Now, at Reds Fest, this was after the press conference, and Mike Moustakas got a chance to meet the fans at Reds Fest. And, uh, you know, one of the, the best things about Reds Fest, if you've never been, is uh, what they did with Moustakas. They had a kids-only press conference. So it's like a question-and-answer session. And only kids got to ask questions of Moustakas. And that's generally always the uh, the highlight for me of any kind of uh, press conference or any kind of uh on stage events at the Reds Fest. Some of the questions were, uh, do you feel terrible when you go home at night? Because moose and boo sound so similar. You know, afraid you're being booed instead. Um, he's asked about his favorite color, red. Favorite uh, movie, Top Gun. Yeah, that's, that's reasonable. Favorite band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Eh, I'm not really going to sign on to that one. But uh, biggest inspiration in his life, uh, his father. So anyway, the kids only press conference, good stuff. But then he got to go around and, and you know they took a take you around to meet everybody. And he was kind of he had several quotes. Uh, and a lot of new Reds say this: "Wow, the you know the, this is amazing. The passion of these fans. He's going to learn something that you know Zach Buchanan uh, was a beat writer for the Reds at Cincinnati Inquirer." Uh, for a year or two here, and he'd come from Arizona and ended up going back to Arizona. And the one thing he always said was this, the fan base is, so, you know, for better or for worse, and often it's worse on Twitter, for example, so passionate because we get these deep roots within families of being uh, lifelong Reds fans that you don't have for like a team like Arizona's an expansion team. So it's more personal. So he, he Mustakas, you know, you can tell how much fun and how much love they have for this team. Uh, Mustakas said quotes like that. So, Anyway, Reds Fest, good time. Moose, happy to have you uh, in the fold. 
Um, if you want to talk to your agent about getting uh, Rendon here as well, yeah, I'm okay with that. And uh, you know, and th and that's the next thing we talked about. The next thing I want to discuss, we talked in our last podcast about the fact that the Reds can't be done with just the Mustakas signing, and I think it's uh, clear right now that the Reds have no intention of being done at Reds Fest. Uh, Dick Williams, Reds president of baseball operation. Uh, says the Reds aren't through. They've got plenty more money to spend, basically, is what he said. Uh, you know, um, Nick Crawl, Reds general manager, he said at Reds Fest that the Reds have been in contact with literally every free agent. So, you know, um, that's good news. The Reds clearly are trying to spend money. But the problem uh, that, I, you know, I don't know how concerned I actually am, they did uh, reach a deal with Mustakas, four years, $64 million. But, you know, they're striking out on these other guys. And, I'm, you know, maybe it's just my nature to be worried about these things. But are they going to be able to seal the deal on a really a real impact free agent? You know, they lost out on Yasmani Grandal um, this, this week. They went hard after uh, Zach Wheeler. You know, Zach Wheeler, Mets, formerly of the Mets, ended up signing a five-year, $118 million contract with the Phillies. And evidently... The Reds were in that neighborhood. I mean, they were willing to go that, at least somewhere near that. They were one of the final teams in the bidding. And and, and it may not even be money that caused them to lose out on, on Zach Wheeler because there's, you know, report his wife's from New Jersey and so Philadelphia made some sense for him. But, uh, I, you know, I don't know. We weren't uh, in the room for that. For some reason, they're not still not inviting me into the room for these. But it's clear, it's clear that they intend to spend more you know that that, uh, that that they're not finished. They just can they can they actually uh, get to where we need them to go? Now over at Red Lake Nation, Doug Gray uh, started talking about where the payroll could be the rest of the year and and what they might have, still have left to spend. Looks like right now they got about 114 million committed. Looks like so. Where's the top of the bar? I mean, if they go up to 150 million, that's just going to get them in the neighborhood of average in terms of spending. Um, so, you know, can they at least spend like an average team? If so, they still have a lot of money that they can uh, that they can toss out there, including, I keep saying it because I like to shout into the void. I know that I'm just uh, talking myself into uh, hysteria here, but there's money to sign Anthony Rendon and really change the look of this lineup big time. And I know, where's he going to play? I get hammered with that. Where's he going to play? The two things. Where's he going to play? We already have a third baseman. And number two, he's too expensive. I'm not going to talk about who's too expensive. We already dispensed with that. But uh, where's he going to play? You know, let David Bell figure that out. <laughs> Let's get these elite bats into the lineup, and we'll figure out where to play him. Do you move Suarez back to shortstop? Eh, maybe. Do you move Suarez or Rendon to left field? It's, yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, there are options. You're telling me this Eugenio Suarez, who had played left field some of the minors, but you tell me he couldn't play a corner outfield spot? It's crazy. I mean, you know... Um, Again, there, there are lots of moving parts here, but the one place the Reds need... And the other thing I hear is that, well, but the Reds are, need to be looking to upgrade in areas of need. They already have a third baseman. First of all, they just signed a, a free agent third baseman, and they moved him to second. Um, he's played almost all of his career. Mustakas at third base, but he's played some second. There's no reason he can't play there. Again, Suarez played shortstop, and he played some left field in the minor leagues. There's some... Uh, I'm not... I'm not willing to concede that Suarez can actually play shortstop at this point. But he has, and it makes me think he could play a corner outfield spot 
certainly. So the biggest position of need, though, when you talk about we got to get guys in our positions of need, the biggest position of need for the Reds is the lineup, the offense. So, you know, yeah, maybe we're going to take a hit defensively. I don't know. With shifting, I'm not sure how much that matters anymore, and I'm not sure we can actually measure it anymore. But they really need bats. They really need to score runs. And Anthony Rendon, I keep talking about moves the needle. No one that the Reds could acquire this offseason would move the needle more than Anthony Rendon. And yes, I am going to continue shouting that into the void. Sorry. So the Reds didn't get Zach Wheeler. They struck out on Grandall earlier this year. Uh, some talk now that they are among teams with interest in Madison Bumgarner, giant, formerly of the Giants, free agent pitcher from the Giants. Braves, Twins, Angels, Padres, Yankees, Phillies um, are also possibilities. But there's actual reporting that the Reds are, are definitely among the teams that have reached out. What does that mean? I don't know. You know, Madison Bumgarner, I, mean, I think he helps this team. He's not the Madison Bumgarner you think he is if you've not really been paying attention in the last two or three years. He's still a, you know, de- I mean, he can help the team. Okay. But uh, I don't know that he moves the needle, quote unquote, as much as, say, a Moustakas did. And certainly not as much as a Zach Wheeler would have in my mind. I think Zach Wheeler is a huge candidate to be uh, fantastic, and I really hate that Derek Johnson couldn't get his uh, Reds pitching coach Derek Johnson couldn't get his hands on on Zach Wheeler. So Bumgarner, okay, whatever. You know, I'm not that uh, not that crazy about it. The other free agents that uh, we were talking about, you know, uh, go listen to the last podcast with me and Jason because we kind of went through all the the names that are kind of relevant out there. One that was mentioned to me by our buddy Wu in our Slack uh, chat, and I don't know if we talked about him on the podcast or not actually i don't think we did i think the one name we didn't get to was whit merrifield now that he's not a free agent uh, but possibly a trade candidate and uh i got like whit merrifield of the, the royals uh, you know a little age on him i guess but still some years of team control and uh you know would make a lot of sense with his flexibility for the reds so i don't know if there's if he's you know you never know with the royals whether they're looking to deal but that would be uh, an interesting one and then that's where the transition to the next thing that really I wanted to talk about, which is we've talked so much about free agents and what can the Reds do on the free agent market. And I absolutely think that uh, they are going, they're seeking to make a big splash in free agency still. Uh, you know, Moustakas was a splash, but now the, uh, yeah, I still think they're absolutely trying to make a big splash. Zach Wheeler would have been a big splash. That would have been a huge contract. So... We haven't talked a ton about We did a little bit in our last podcast, Jason and I, but have not talked a ton about various uh, trade possibilities because there's so many variables. It's really hard to analyze potential trade scenarios because, you know, there's <laughs> there are hundreds of players in baseball and so many moving parts. It's just, I don't know, it's a fool's game to get too deep into that because you can never really uh, hit the nail on the, on the head when, when you're talking about trades but still that's not going to stop us and it certainly doesn't stop uh, some baseball writers my buddy david schoenfeld who's uh writes over at espn uh he had a piece over there about uh one blockbuster move that all 30 major league teams could make and uh for the reds his blockbuster move was a trade that he offered up and it was a pretty big one so i'm gonna try to lay it out for you here and then see if you can see if it comes across if not you can go look at uh, schoenfeld's piece and, uh, and read it for yourself, but three-team trade, Astros, Cubs, and Reds. The Astros would get Wilson Contreras, catcher from the Cubs, and Amir Garrett. He's he's one of our guys. Um, the Reds would get Chris Bryant from the Cubs, 
and Josh James from the Astros, right-handed pitcher. And the Cubs will get Forrest Whitley, right-handed pitcher, and third baseman Abraham Toro from the Astros, and Nicola Dolo and Tony Santion, two Reds prospect pitchers. Uh, so essentially the Reds would get they would get Chris Bryant and Josh James, and they would give up Amir Garrett, Nicola Dolo, and Tony Santion. Three pitchers. Two uh, minor leaguers. Lodolo, of course, was the first-round pick last year. Santheon uh, has been... Uh, he's gone from the very top of Reds' prospect rankings. He's dropped back a little bit. He had a rough year last year, but still a, a pretty good-looking uh, prospect. So that's a lot to give up. Amir Garrett, Nick Lodolo, Tony Santheon for Chris Bryant. And Josh James, first of all, Josh James, he's a right-handed reliever. Um, he's a good reliever. He walks too many hitters, which is not great for a reliever, but... Um, strikes out a lot as well, and he's he's fantastic. The key, of course, from the Reds' perspective, you're really giving up all that for Chris Bryant. And I'm of two minds. Chris Bryant has a uh, he, he has a what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, a grievance basically with the league over the service time games that were played with him coming up. The same thing the Reds did to Nick Senzel, as you heard me um, calmly and rationally discuss here on Red Leg Nation Radio so many times. The Cubs played those same games with uh, with Chris Bryant, and they pretty much know at this point they're not going to be able to sign him again. So, they, so they're going to they're going to look to trade him because Bryant's you know he's still not happy about that. He filed a grievance about it. The problem is if you trade for Bryant, there's a chance this grievance uh, is uh, you know he, he gets ruled in his favor, and Chris Bryant only has one year of team control left. If it's two years of team control, which is what the service time games. Uh, sought to achieve was to get that extra year of control. If he has two years of control, uh, I think I would, this is a deal that I would do from the Reds' standpoint. I mean, Amir, Amir Garrett is fantastic. Love him. He's a reliever. Uh, Tony Santion, I, I just don't know what he is right now. Uh, Nick Lodolo is an awfully good-looking pitching prospect. I mean, just a le- lefty. Um, I like the idea of this current Reds, Kyle Bodie and, and, and Derek Johnson, the current Reds pitching staff in the organization. I love the idea of them having their hands on Lodolo to shape him throughout his entire professional career, and he could end up being a a really, really good pitcher. But if you could get two years of Chris Bryant, and you know, Chris Bryant's third base, again, where are you going to play him? But he's played a lot of outfield. You can plug him in the corner outfield spot. And, again, that's a guy that moves the needle to me. Um, he would absolutely – you know, he's a middle-of-the-order hitter. Career 284 average, 385 on base, 516 slugging. I mean – I don't think I could pull the trigger on that for one year of Chris Bryant, but for two years I probably could because you got two years of pretty good offense there. So I don't know. Schoenfield's just talking. Again, this is all speculation, but I thought it was interesting. thought we'd talk about it. Our old buddy uh, Leatherpants, Jim Bowden. You remember Jim Bowden? He used to be the Reds' uh, general manager, and, and he wore leather pants. Pretty cool, huh? I can't pull that look off, but Jim Bowden could, and he now writes for The Athletic. Dot com and he had a uh, uh, if you're not a subscriber I'm not gonna uh, I, I urge you to subscribe because it is there's a lot of good content there um, but I'm just gonna sort of give you the shorthand of what Jim Bowden suggested he did uh, winter meetings moves for all 30 teams the winter meetings of course start this weekend and they'll go throughout most of this week and I expect there will be some Reds news I'm, I'm actually gonna make that prediction often it's just time to talk to people and do some things but the Reds are pretty you know they're they're ready they are really uh, trying to get things done. And I expect that some move. It may not be a huge move, but there will be something to report from the winter meetings in terms of the Reds acquiring a player, whether it's trade, whether it may just be some reliever or something, a free agent. But they're going to sign somebody. But anyway, Jim Bowden's 
winter meetings move was this. The Reds and uh, Pirates. A trade between the Reds and Pirates. The Reds would get outfielder Starling Marte in our last podcast. Again, I keep telling you to listen to it because that's really, uh, we did a deep dive and it was a fun one. Um, Starling Marte is a guy that we discussed in that podcast and both Jason and I think makes an awful lot of sense for uh, to hit you know up near the top of the order in, a, in this Reds lineup uh, and, and certainly defensively as well because slide him into the outfield. In exchange, you're trading infielder Jonathan India Outfielder Jesse Winker and right-handed pitcher Tyler Molly for Marte. Okay, you know, um, that's a little bit more difficult for me to digest. Um, if you if you lose Molly, you really do have to go out and get some some pitching depth. Would have helped if they'd gotten Zach Wheeler, because I think Molly is he's exactly he's gonna be a swing guy, you know, he'd be a, a fifth starter probably with this team and um and maybe one of those guys if they if they improve, he may he has options, he may go back and forth from Louisville. To the big leagues, I'm still high on Tyler Malley. Absolutely. Starling Marte, you know, you could maybe put him in center, move Senzel to one of the corners, or put him put Marte in one of the corners. Uh, Jesse Winker, you know, I think we rate Jesse Winker more highly here at the Red Lake Nation Radio than than some do. But uh, I don't know. I'm kind of talking myself into this a little bit. You got a fifth starter and an outfielder who. I don't know. I like Jesse Winker. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I like Jesse. I, I may like Jesse Winker more than Marte. Uh, no, I don't think I can go that quite that far. Marte is, Marte is good. Jonathan India. You know, I can't get worked up about trading him. If the Reds include him in a deal this winter, I would not be surprised. It'd be trading him kind of with his value. Uh, it's not a, at an apex. Let's just say that. Did not have a great year. I still think that there's real reason to believe that Jonathan India can be an impact big leaguer, but he really has to have a breakout year this year is what I'm saying. So that one, I don't know, like most things Jim Bowden says, question it. I want Starling Marte. I want the Reds to trade for him. That may be a little bit too much for me to be able to pull the trigger on. I'm not usually hesitant to deal away. You got to give up value to get good players. So I'm not usually hesitant, but uh, that may be a little, little much for a couple years of Starling Marte. Two years of Chris Bryant, I think I'm willing to do quite a bit. Um, one year of Mookie Betts, I'm willing to do quite a bit. Jesse Winker straight up for Mookie Betts. One year of Mookie Betts. Man, that is a fair deal. That's, uh, But even though I don't want to trade Winker, you know what I think about Mookie Betts. So anyway, lots going to happen. Uh, you know, If we get any kind of huge news during the week, we'll have an emergency podcast for you here. Um, the only other news this week, really not much. Pitching, jo- pitching coach Derek Johnson was named by Baseball America as their Baseball Coach of the Year. Hey, Coach of the Year. There's a good reason for that. And that Derek Johnson works magic. The other uh, little, I guess, tidbit of news this week was that, uh, you know, Nixon Zell's at uh, the Reds Fest and doing interviews, things like that. And uh, when talking with Lance McAllister, uh, Zell said, it feels really good. It was something I had to get done. Been going on for a long time, looking to start swinging and throwing the second week of January. So I'm on track to be ready for opening day. I'm excited with the progress I made. It's good. They're happy with it, which makes me happy too. So I'm just going to keep working at it. So um, anyway, that things are looking good about uh, Nixon Zell. Um, he is getting better, I guess. So um, <laughs> uh, he in, in in an interview with Bobby Nightingale, since Inquire Inquire Zell also said it, this the shoulder surgery. It's something he pondered not doing. But when, you know, when I think back, I'm glad I did it because it was just going to get worse. So I know it seems like it was lingering for a while based on those con- comments. Uh, but uh, 
I don't know. It's uh, going to be good to have Sinzel back, and hopefully he's going to be ready by the beginning of the season. So he'll, uh, yeah, a little bit of recovery time, but hopefully looking uh, looking pretty good for him to be back for opening day. All right, this has been Red Leg Nation Radio. This is just, you know, a little mini episode uh, to test some equipment, right? And also because uh, we didn't want to leave you all in the lurch until the end of uh, of this coming week. You know where to follow us. You know where to find us. We're at all, all your podcast app, Yahoo. Not Yahoo. Why, why did I say Yahoo? Does Yahoo even have podcasts? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Apple, a- iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Google Play, you know, where, where do you get your podcast? Spotify, we're there. We're everywhere. Um, go subscribe, leave us a rating review, all that, you know. Uh, check us out at patreon.com slash redlegradio. Some fun stuff going over there for those of you that have chosen to support uh, the podcast, and I thank you for that. Um, at Redleg Radio on Twitter, I'm at Dotson C. Uh, it's going to be a fun few weeks here ahead of us, and, I, you know, it's not often that we get to say that as Reds fans, so stay tuned. We'll be covering everything that happens and uh, look forward to giving you our quick analysis hopefully on a big anthony rendon signing here soon right all right well this is chad dawson saying so long everyone thanks for listening to red leg nation radio from redlegnation.com subscribe to red leg nation radio on itunes or through your favorite podcast app and join us for discussion of all things reds at redlegnation.com 24 hours a day seven days a week